Welcome to C3 Church Tugger. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Let me just say the church started off with a profound vision to do just that, to release the glory of God, the presence of God. Um, So we're in days of His presence. Here's the message. Hosting the Holy Spirit. Say hosting the Holy Spirit. Hosting the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, Isaiah 60 verse 2 says, See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory, say His glory, and His glory appears over you. So tonight Julie's going to preach a message about this. What's over you, that's what you emanate. If circumstance is over you, if a cloud of darkness is over you, guess what the shadow that you're going to cast? You're going to cast a dark shadow and you're going to emanate just not good stuff. Julie's going to teach you tonight, I'm looking forward to it, how to get under the glory and uh, how to get under the shadow of the Almighty and emanate life, emanate the shadow because the the, um, what was it, the, the shadow of Peter, the ap- apostle, they literally would send their sick people out and if that shadow could just pass you somehow, you'd be healed. But he was under a, a great shadow. He wasn't under this darkness that this scripture talks about. So many years ago, we, had a, we, we were birthed through a vision. We had a vision and we still got it. We turned our faces to God. And we got a God vision. We turned, our, we turned our gaze from television and we looked to God vision, Colin. And we got... Man, do you know what? I didn't even know what Seinfeld was till year 2001. I said to someone, man, this show... I watched this show the other day. It was, wow, quite quirky and funny. He said, you kidding so it's been on since 1993 or so, 94. Or, so where you've been? We didn't watch TV, man. In the 90s, when God was moving, when God was profoundly moving, when we got God vision, we didn't subscribe to the TV. Not even Seinfeld, as great as it was in other shows. We'd missed a lot of movies. and We even had hardly had a TV. I think we had a TV about this big, black and white, colored thing, maybe. I don't know. But, we, you know, we got God vision. We could see the purposes and the plans of what God was doing. That becomes so realistic to us that we were propelled by it, compelled by it to, you know, become men and women of God and birth the church. And I'd been to Bible college in 1990. And I didn't feel like that after even doing Bible college. I said, so what, you know, but, but when we got God vision in 93 and became God chasers, we were sent out in 96 and started the church. But it was by vision. Let's check this out. Awesome. Uh, Hebrews, um, 
Habakkuk 2.2, sorry. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, write down the revelation, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. You should journal how God and what God's saying to you, by the way. Then you can make sense of it. Ladies, you do it so great, but men, you need to do it too. Write down when God speaks to you, write it in the book, get a book, write it down however God impresses upon you in thoughts and whatever, circumstance, things and whatever, write that down. Like Julie had that, you know, vision of the Holy Spirit standing beside it. Write that down. Write the time, write it down. Two, three, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly, it will certainly come and will not delay. We were struck with vision to believe what God wants to do in this present day. And, and it was about this, Isaiah 2.11. The Lord alone, say this, the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Meaning the proclamation of Jesus and who he is and the eternal value of the gospel. All that and more was what mattered to us. We were called to return to the simple purity of devotion to Christ. 2 Corinthians 11.3 Purity of a devotion of Christ. Meaning when we did return to Christ in simple purity and devotion, God's glory would start to flow. And we would start to emanate as a people and as a church God's glory. As we return to Him in fasting and prayer and devotion to the Word and devotion to Him and worship of Him, somehow God would be released through us and we would start emanating this glory, this light. Little light of mine. When you look at the Bible, you can see these young hearts impressed upon. Peter, James and John on the Mount Transfiguration, Jacob, Joseph, David, Solomon, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Mary, the mother of Jesus and many great others. It's scriptural that the Holy Spirit allows us to encounter God and that we're led by that. And that's why I'm so excited in what God's doing in C3 Tugra, uh, especially in the last six weeks, I think. Each one of us have been encountering God in a special way. And at night, our young people are again encountering God. Acts 2.17, in the last days, say the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Say visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So looks like I'm in the dream department. Luke, you're in the vision department. When you see the plight of the world, the darkness of the world, it's obvious that we need vision of what God says about things and what, how we figure as the church and the people of God. What, what, how do we, you know, apparently, you know, Israel is being attacked and, and um, you know, what, what do we, how do we, where do we fit in all that? You've got to get God vision. You've got to get God vision. And in that, you can understand what God wants you to do. Jesus said in the last days the church would actually become glorified. It would emanate this life of Christ through its people, through the church. We're in the last days. I believe we are. And 
and, and, and Jesus says this in John 11:40. Then Jesus said, "Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of the of God?" Then Jesus said, "Didn't did not I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God?" Meaning that if we hung fast and believed and trusted in God and believe that we are the body, that He is the head, that He is the vine, we are the branches, He is the groom, we are the bride. If we get this holy union happening and start to emanate some of this power and glory and anointing which is happening all over the world, it says in Psalm 110 verse 3, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. Did you see that? Your people will volunteer. I believe even Aussie. I mean, Luke's a classic case of that. Luke gets saved probably three months ago now. And he says, I feel God in my life. He gets saved. He feels God, loves him, knows him. He's experiencing God. He feels God's power. He volunteers in that day. And he helps build us the baby's room and jip rocks out the back, jip rocks the baby's room and does other things. And, and, and what is that? That's, that's people saying, man, I can feel God needs me to be included in his plans and purposes. I, I think we're going to see that so much more with the unsaved. I, I can see unsaved, and they reckon prophetically there's going to be rich business people, millionaires, billionaires that get saved like that, and they're just going to give millions of dollars to the gospel. They're going to give billions of dollars, billions of dollars to, to the cause of Christ. Who believes that? Because they know, oh my God, there's a shift in their reality. They realize Jesus is exalted. He's high and lifted up, and they're going to realize, oh my God, I've been serving the the spirit of this world, and they're going to go, Jesus, it's you. And then, of course, the church is going to come alive. These people are going to come alive. And Psalm 110, verse 3, in holy array, meaning in holy array, meaning holy splendor, holy glory, from the womb of the dawn, your youth are to you as the dew. And this guy said, this preacher said to me, He said, we must glisten with hope. I think this is the key thing for us as born-again believers. He says, unless we're glistening with hope, the world ain't going to believe us. We're not going to quite emanate the glory of God. We need to glisten with hope rather than going, oh my goodness. Oh gee. Oh, things don't look good. Stuff's happening. And we shrink back in fear. We need to stand and we need to say, well, stuff's happening. But you know what? I'm hopeful that God's intervening. God's got it under control. And I figure in his plans to bring order, to bring blessing. Amen. If you shrink back, you shrink back from God and from the things of God, you end up in a place of anxiety and troubles. Bible says this in Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I'm going to talk about what that glory is. How do we rise and shine? 2 Thessalonians 2.14 He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. 
2 Thessalonians 2.14. He called you. How do we rise and shine? He called you through the gospel. He called you through the gospel that you might share in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is calling us through the gospel. There's actually four parts to the gospel. Some people just pull up at one quarter of the gospel. Here it is. Let's say that uh, one half of the gospel is like this. It's it, uh, one half, and we've talked this before. One half of the gospel is about Christ's crucifixion, that he died for our sins and he died for our selfish self, our flesh. He died for those two things. Sin, which is being paid for, amen, and self. You can crucify that flesh and live a decent, righteous life. He paid the price for those two. Christ died for me. Christ died as me. The old me has been dealt with. Is that good news? The second half of salvation is about the new me. Life and love in God. You have a new life and you are able to harness God's love and emanate that wonderfully. So the second half is about Christ lives in me. Say Christ lives in me because this is the guts of my message right now, this statement. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. It's okay. Christ lives through me. Christ lives in me is the third quarter. The fourth quarter, the full gospel, last step, the, the, the God, the, he called you through the gospel. He died for your sin, one quarter. Great, I'm bound for heaven, praise God, didn't want to go to hell. Next step, he died for yourself, your flesh, sanctification, your soul. You start to clean your act up. You start to honor God, love God, fear God. Your soul gets cleared up. If your soul prospers, your body will prosper, the Bible says. Oh, didn't think I'd be able to make it this far, but there's more. The third quarter is about this. Christ is in you. You host Christ in you. You're a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. But there's more. Fourth quarter, here we are. Through the gospel. Wow, that was tough. Um, Now Christ wants to flow through you. He wants to peer out of your eyes. He wants to be your hands and your feet. He wants to emanate through you. When you walk through life, He wants to go public through you. He doesn't want to be left at home. He doesn't want to be left in your closet. He wants to emanate through you no matter where you are. Even if you go to the club, even if you go to the races, <laughs> no, don't do that. If you go to wherever, you, you are emanating Christ. And that's what it means to have the power and to be a witness, Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea. No matter where you go, you're emanating Christ. That's the full gospel. Let's give it up for that. That's the gospel. That's the full gospel. That's a brave thing to do. It's a brave it's a very brave journey if, you, if you're doing that and want to do that. Who wants to do that? Yeah. Who wants the full? Who's just happy with one quarter? We should do altar calls. We're offering today a free special one quarter of the gospel. No dying to the self, no crucifixion of the flesh. You can just go to heaven, walk out of here, live your rotten life, 
No, no Christ in you and no Christ flowing through you. Who wants that? Put your hands up. Yeah, that'll do me. I'll have, yeah, I'm not interested in going. I don't want too much of this God stuff. Yeah, I'll have that. Now, who wants two quarters? Who wants the sin dealt with? Who wants the flesh dealt with? Who, yeah, I'll have some of that. I don't mind some of my ugly stuff dealt with. I'll have some of that. Praise God. All right, we see that hands here. Yeah, come on. Now, who wants three quarters? Who wants Christ in them? The Holy Spirit. Host the Holy Spirit. Because yeah, who wants that? Who wants that? Yeah, yeah, I see those hands. Yeah, praise God. Now, who wants the four quarters? Who wants the full deal? Who wants the full deal? Who wants the... Who wants the kitchen knife? Who wants everything? Who wants... <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, what have I got to lose? I'm coming up with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love those people. It's so vital to understand the fullness of the gospel, the total gospel. Deficient gospel lacks power. 1 Corinthians 1.17 For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. A lot of the gospel, some of the gospel that's out there has been just washed up on self-help philosophies and, you know, just waxing lyrical about how nice it is to be a Christian. But the gospel is about your life being dealt with. It's like a revolution to your soul, a revolution to your life. It's like, <laughs> back off, <laughs> you know, or you give up and you say, yes, Lord, I want the full gospel. Amen. It's like an invasion on your life. It really is. It's not just cute and nice and, oh, I'm going to heaven. No, it's like, are you ready to be God's servant, to God, be God's agent of change? Galatians 1 6 there was a problem in the early church where they started and the epistles challenged this the New Testament epistles were written to correct the young church because they were straying from the purity of the gospel Galatians 1 6 I am astonished I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel say different gospel Galatians 1 7 which is really no gospel at all Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Only the pure gospel has the results we need. I love this, and it's so true. 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of the biggest connotations for your life is that you are, when you're saved, you're a new creation, you're a new species, you have a new ability to take in... Uh, all that God wants you to have. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Galatians 2.20 says it like this. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm just setting a foundation here because I want to talk about something that's so important about the message, but I'm just laying this foundation down. When you receive Christ, you receive all that he is. You receive his kingdom, that faith, that hope, that love. You receive that. Matthew one twenty one. we know this, because he will save his people from their sins. We know that, but there is more. Apostle Paul, he has this major revelation from heaven. He has just this amazing relationship with God and heaven, and he downloads and he writes about it in the Bible through the epistles of what the church should be and who we are in that, uh, who we are. 
And of course, it's an amazing thing. Uh, Gordon Fee, in his book, which is one of my favorite books on the Spirit and the people of God, meaning the Holy Spirit and the people, says, he quotes this and he says this, because Apostle Paul, he talked about the empowering presence of God, the empowering presence of God, not just like Elijah who just had that one-off encounter with the still small voice on Mount Carmel, but Apostle Paul says, no, Christ has come the curtain has been rent. The Holy Spirit's been released. The presence of God's been released. That is for you, you, you and I and the church to subscribe to, to believe in 24-7. You can walk in this stuff. And I've got to prove that to you. I've got to prove that you can live in this stuff. Gordon Fee says, The Spirit is an experienced, empowering reality was for Paul and the church and his churches, that's Paul's churches, the key player in all of Christian life. From being, This is a theologian. This is, this is a theologian's paraphrased um, sort of description of what he says and why it's important and what Paul was trying to talk about. He says, the Spirit is an experienced, say experienced, and empowering, say empowering, reality was for Paul and his churches the key player in all of Christian's life. From beginning to end, the Spirit covered the whole range. Powerful life, growth, fruit, gifts, prayer, witnessing, and everything else. He says there's two dramatic sides, two, two, two dr- dramatic elements to this. He says the Spirit, firstly, is a person. Julie mentioned that. The promise of God's personal presence to your life. He says, I'm going away. I'm going to leave the personal presence of the Holy Spirit for you to begin to uh, get to know, to acknowledge, to have alongside your life. It'll be just like me walking, walking with you through your life. It'll be just like me. It'll be just like me. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Spirit. Trinity. Is that right? The Holy Spirit has personality, has a will, does the Father's will, but it's right there. It's gentle. It's beautiful. He's awesome and He wants to be your friend. The second part, the Spirit, an eschatological fulfillment, I'm not sure if I said that right, of of this, of a new reconstituted people. Now, reconstituted when something's reconstituted, I'm only just guessing this, but I think it's fashioned and formalized and made into a whole different species almost. You, more, more than the Old Testament people, when Christ died on the cross and the Holy Spirit was released, and when we believe in Jesus and are saved, you become a new creature in Christ. Say new creature. That can accommodate the Holy Spirit in you 24-7. Rather than the priests and the prophets and the kings in the Old Testament, where the Holy Spirit would just come upon them or come to them and help them get their job done. We're a different species, guys. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We've got this awesome dynamic of living hope and life of Christ in us. It's in us. It's like a motor. It's, it's like a dynamo. 
It's like an engine. It's there. It's like a flame. It's like a flickering flame until you start up the other burners. It's there. It's there for a lot of people, just like a little pilot light. And then you've got to get the word. You've got to turn. It's like my barbecue unit, which I love. I've got myself a decent barbecue unit at last. Thank you, Lord. And when you turn that beautiful barbecue unit, those four burners, I should have got six burners, but four burners <laughs> spewing. I want six now. I should have, should have, yeah, men are like that. They just want more burners. They want it wider. They want it bigger. But the four burners, I thank you for the four burner barbie. And there's a little pilot light. And when I go out there and cook my minute steak, there's four, four big, beautiful knobs. And I grab, push it in. <laughs> love that sound. Don't you love I fire up another number two burn. I think I'm having sci-fi images now. No, fire up number two burn. Descending retro rockets. Three. Number four. Thank you. Julie, go. Will you hurry up? She knows when I go into a trance and I start daydreaming. It's a minute stay, but I make that minute last, man. I make it last. And I just look at that thing burning. Oh, I just love that sound. And that's what a Christian should be like. Well, otherwise, they can be just like a little, little pilot light. Ooh, that was so beautiful to be a Christian. Oh, just, oh, please don't mind me. Mary Poppins anointing, you know. <laughs> The hills are alive. <laughs> Gordon Fee says, if the church is going to be effective in our postmodern world, we need to stop paying more lip service. We need to stop paying mere lip service to the Spirit and to recapture Paul's perspective. The Spirit as the experience, say experienced, empowering return of God's own personal presence in and among us, who enables us to live as a radically eschatological did I say it right that time? Come on, help me. People in the present world. Okay, I need to understand that. That's the last days, people. Eschatological last days. If you can say that, come up to me. I'll give you a free coffee, by the way. People in the present world while we wait Christ's return. All the rest, hang on, including fruit and gifts served to that end. Let's check it out. I need to nail this now. I've said all that to say this. This is how important the Holy Spirit is. John 20, verse 19. Down the home straight. Please don't let me fall over like that lady did on that YouTube clip. <laughs> on the evening of the first... This is how important the Holy Spirit is. Say, say this. This is how important the Holy Spirit is. Thank you. John 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week... This is Jesus. He's dead. He's gone. He's, he's coming back but now. When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fears of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. Pierce marks. He said, It's me. I'm the one that was crucified. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 21. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, this is the last will and testament stuff because Jesus is going to move on. But he needs to say just a couple of very important, pertinent words for the moment. And he says this, 
Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Don't get anxious. Don't get fearful. I'm with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We are a sent people. We're an apostolic people, means sent. 22. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Boom. What's the most important thing he wants to do? He wants to say, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you, Marty. And by the way, I need to give you something top shelf, so important. If I had all these things to say to you, I need to pick just one. And it's this, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the thing you need for in your sending out, in being a church, in being a Christian. Receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't say receive the Strong's Concordance. He didn't receive, say receive some theology. He didn't say receive this or that. He said receive the Holy Spirit. Is that good? Okay, I'm, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. This was the plan and purpose of God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 10, 7 says, As you go preach this message, the gospel, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Have you the Holy Spirit? Yes, you do. Your presence of God is in you. We're talking about the presence. It's in you. How do you release it? Glad you asked. How do you release it? You you speak it. You declare it. You lay hands on people. You, You pray it. You prophesy. You declare. You release. Freely you have received Christ in you, it's in you, the presence of God is in you, freely give it out, lay hands on people, pray for them, declare it, decree it, that's how you do it, John 2.27, someone needs more proof, as for you, the anointing, say the anointing, you received from him, remains in you, You do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as the anointing is real, that's the power of God, the anointing that comes upon you, the anointing, not just because of your feelings, you are anointed, just because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you're still anointed, just because you went to the racetrack this week, you're still anointed. Sure, I heard the, uh, why am I saying race? Because I think the races were on at Wyong this week, and I could hear, I don't know. But listen, whatever you do, even if you cussed out your Victor lawnmower, you're still anointed. Like Mr. Warner. We're still praying for Mr. Warner. He's probably with Jesus already. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as he's taught you, remain in him. Two comings of the Holy Spirit. Boy, this thing's got a life of its own, this thing. <laughs> of course, we know... There were two comings. The first coming is typified in the Acts, in, in, the, book of, uh, in the books of the Gospel, four Gospels, and, uh, and it's powerful because it says this in Luke 3.22, after Jesus was baptized. Now get this, Jesus was baptized, he comes out of the water, and Luke 3.22 says, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and different version says it settled on him. 
it alighted on him, meaning it just the Holy Spirit came on Jesus. And we know Jesus had the Holy Spirit for the entire life of his ministry. The dove, the dove is a very nervous creature. The dove that came upon Jesus to symbolize the Holy Spirit had come upon Jesus, came upon Jesus and stayed with Jesus. It stayed with Jesus. The Holy Spirit stayed with Jesus. You've got to host the Holy Spirit. You've got to be kind. You've got to be sensible. You've got to live a decent life. You've got to host the Holy Spirit like Jesus. As Jesus walked, because he emptied himself of all his ability to do things on his own, he could only do what the Father set him to do and what the Father allowed him to do. But he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit to show us as the second Adam, Jesus showed us that we can do this. He became a mere man. He was man, but he was God, but he was a mere man. And he said, look, if you live right, if you live righteously, you can have the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. Just lift up all your feet. I've got to fix up this carpet. That's great. Sorry, guys. Just really bugging me there. The Holy Spirit was upset with that. I had to fix it. Come back, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was on on Jesus. And listen, guys, how do you walk with a dove on you? You walk very carefully, circumspectly. You be careful how you yell at your lawnmower. Lawnmower, you're going to start. If you get angry, you're going to scare the Holy Spirit away. If you get flesh, you're going to scare the Holy Spirit away. Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Spirit of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench, put out the Spirit's fire. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What stops the Holy Spirit? His presence, meaning, from flowing in your life. 2 Corinthians 6.12 We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours. Here's a better version. NASB says it a bit differently. 2 Corinthians 6.12 says, You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your affections, meaning affections to the world. If your affections are in the world, isn't it amazing when our affections go to Christ and we worship, God begins to move. When we preach, God begins to move. But you notice when your affections are on the world, when your affections in the things of the world, there's a restriction of the Holy Spirit to move, to flow through your life. But when your affections are on God, there's a restriction. I mean, when your affections are on God, there's an unrestrictive flow to people, to towns, cities, in church. You are, you are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affections. Acts 3, 5, lastly, guys. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. This is Peter and James walking through the city square. They're going to a prayer meeting. There's a a cripple. He sits there every morning. He's begging He's begging the disciples who've probably passed this guy many times. Stop and look at the man. 3 verse 5. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. 
What does he have? The Holy Spirit. Silver and gold. I do not have, but what I have, I give you. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Imagine being able to write checks out like that. So, you know, like, like, be healed. Imagine understanding that our bank account is full of miracles, healings and blessings for people. Imagine having a check. I mean, a lot of people don't know what checkbooks are, young people, but checkbooks were, were great in their heyday because it represented, if you filled out a check, man, it was good. It was good like cash. You could write out a check. Hey, friend, be blessed. Hey, friend, be healed. Hey, friend, be saved. Imagine being able to write a check out, realizing our bank account is so huge. Silver and gold I do not have, but get up and walk. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, I'm praying this morning for our church that our church would realize that we have the Holy Spirit, that we have the presence of God, that we have the power, we have the kingdom of God within us. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not here or there, but it's in you. So Father, this morning, right now, with eyes closed, hands held up, Father, I pray that they would know that they have the kingdom within them. Within you, my friend, the kingdom resides. The power of God is in you. The Spirit of the Lord is in you. I'm wondering if you would write some checks out, see some people changed, set free, born again, healed, delivered, recovered from. Would you, would you, do you know that you're blessed? The fullness of Christ is in you. The anointing is upon you. Let our affections be on Christ. Let our affections be on God so the Holy Spirit can flow. Let our affections not be just on the world, but let our affections be in Christ. And as we do, I pray the Holy Spirit be released through you and I in this church. As we worship you, Lord God, as we praise you, as we delight in you, as we long for your coming, Lord, would you release the Holy Spirit into this place? Would you release the Holy Spirit into our cities, into our suburbs? Would you release the Holy Spirit, Lord God? Would you do that in Jesus' name? Holy Father, I want to release your Spirit. Yeah. I'm just thinking right now that some people don't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, but just right where you are, I'm praying the power of God would come upon you. Just If you feel like you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and reignited, if you feel like you just want those burners, those, oh Jesus, you need to, you need to just believe, trust God that He's going to fill you be filled. The Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. If that's you, I just want to ask you to come out. Just come out. If you've never had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've never felt the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I really feel this morning that God's going to bless you, fill you, anoint you all over again. If that's you, just come. Just come. We're just going to do this. Just for a short while, we're just going to believe that right now, if you stand on this altar, 
God's going to fill you and bless you with the Holy Spirit. If that's you, just come out of your seats. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now, Jesus. Come right now. Just come. Just come. If you're in the house today with eyes closed, if you're in the house today, you're not sure about your salvation, you're not sure about your full salvation, you're not sure that Jesus died for your sin, died for your flesh, died so that he can be in you and died so that he can flow through you. If you're not sure if you've got all that, I encourage you. Maybe you need this prayer this morning. Maybe you need this prayer this morning in the house of God. Maybe you need the prayer to reconfirm, to recommit your life to Jesus. Maybe it's a first time. Maybe you've done it before, but you need to do it again. I want to pray for you this morning. If those people are in the house, I think there's a couple at least that just simply need to say, Jesus, I receive you. I receive all that you are. I receive you into my life. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Just right where you're standing, just can you just lift up your hand from front to back if that's you? If that's you, your friend, just just whisper to your friend what's happening right now. I just need to see that hand. Just help them understand what's happening right now. Don't walk from this place the same. Don't walk from this place without Christ. You're not joining a church. You're not becoming religious. You're just simply acknowledging God. You're simply acknowledging Jesus. If that's you, just quickly put your hand up in the house of God. Holy Father, just help your friend next to you. Help your friend next to you right now. Just whisper to them. Help them. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord, our God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy is the Lord.
my good deeds. I want to let you out through my life. I don't want to contain you anymore, Lord. I want you to come and abide in me. I really feel the Holy Spirit right now. Be filled. Be filled. There it is. Right now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Fill. Fill. There it is. Keep, keep receiving. Be filled. Let's just do this for a minute or so. Be filled. Receive it right now. By faith, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit right now. I receive it. I receive it. Fill me. Fill me right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Joy, peace, righteousness. Your kingdom is in me. I release it right now. I release it right now to my friends and family. I release the kingdom through my words, through my gaze, through my handshake. I release the Holy Spirit through my cuddles, through my hugs. I release the Holy Spirit through my proclamation. I decree, I declare, I pray, I prophesy. I release the Holy Spirit from my life. I'm anointed and I receive. listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.